Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is a man who podcasts like Picasso painted, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? Um, I'm trying to decide if that's a compliment or an insult, because I, I feel like for a lot of people that'd be a compliment, but then coming from you, it, yeah, I don't know. Continue the credits. It's just it's just one of life's greatest mysteries. Uh, if you would like to pay millions of dollars for one of Zach's podcasts, you can contact us at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry. Z A C Mabry. Email us podcast at RomanCircusBlog.com. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Roman Circus Pod. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Please rate and review us if you get a chance, and we're also anywhere else podcasts are. Okay, Zach, uh, how are you? What's going on in your life? You're on Cameo now, so if people want to pay true, money, yeah. if people want to pay money, they can get a nice hello from you. Yes, yeah, um, you know, being the family that they are, I've already had family members say, "Oh, now we can finally uh, get you to return our calls." Mm, nice, um, nice, nice. Jk, Jk. Okay, nice, nice, um, nice, nice. That, that's a, you know, just another way to uh, get the income. I thought it'd be fun and like, you know, you can send personal videos and it's, it's always hilarious to get those from like mm-hmm. random people you forgot about. And that's where I'm like, surely there's, you know, on a planet of 7 billion people, there's like people who are like, okay, the pickle kid from the movie is going to wish you happy birthday. Like, you know, good for right. a laugh. Well, Cameo is the home of the greatest catholic twitter thing to ever happen involving friend of the show mecca and friend of the show good tweetman so if we yes, i don't know if Rachel, we have time uh, to go into Dolage, it but whatever yeah look it up it's brilliant uh but you know the main thing we always are like what's going on in the news the main thing in the news the past few days has been a story not a story as much as a comment about 50 30 to 50 feral hogs running loose why don't you this is your thing you've you've been all over this you've been you've been covering it you've been our boots on the ground why don't you give the people a little insight into this um you know i'm only halfway understanding it myself like sometimes with memes you just ride the wave you know (laughs) right but explain explain to people who don't know what it is so there was a tweet um, let's see. Let me find the original. So it's it's talks about gun control, and, right. and someone so someone was talking about the need for gun control, and then someone jumped in uh, with their own tweet. Right, and they were responding with their question about banning assault rifles, and it was um, oh, where's the original? They were like, um. The gist of it is, uh, that's all well and good, but how do you expect me to defend my children when 30 to 50 feral hogs are running loose in my backyard and I only have three to five seconds to decide what to do? Yeah, that was the... That was the... So the, then... The question was, yeah, what am I supposed to do about 30 to 50 feral hogs running through my yard where my kids play? Right, so that became the latest thing. This guy wondering... Uh, if you if you have gun control, how he's going to protect his children from hogs? Um, 
what do you what do you you're our you're our, you're a resident hog man you know a thing or two about hogs your parents live in arkansas which arkansas yes. is the razorbacks which is a hog so why don't you uh why don't you give us some expert analysis sure well so the arkansas razorbacks um are uh, the, the, the it's a it's a school in arkansas right um, they they won the 1994 NCAA basketball championship, Zach. What they did is they played a defense called 40 Minutes of Hell because a basketball game is 40 minutes, so it was basically designed to play defense nonstop to really pester your opponent into making mistakes. Amazing. Amazing commentary from Matt on basketball. We're in his wheelhouse when we talk about basketball. Right, Um, so, yeah, it has, you know, so that's a little bit of background on hogs. What else? (laughs) (laughs) let's see so it's a giant red thing my parents have this like red hog made completely of cement so it's extremely Mm -hmm. heavy um and it's kind of a lawn decoration type thing right um like a garden gnome but in the shape of of a hog yeah but large and heavy because it's made of stone um Mm -hmm. and so you know i have stubbed my toe on that many a time yeah but it's nice uh, the other thing they do is uh, call the hogs, where they all say "woo pig suey." Woo so, pig yeah, suey, yeah, I love W-P-S. it. I love woo pig suey. I love it. I really do. Yeah. It's 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 another quirk about the University of Arkansas that I love oh so much. Anyway, continue. So in this case, <laughs> we're talking about um, basically just the way that the internet works is people just picked up on this one random guy's comment. You know, who knows what he meant or what he said. I mean, you know, whatever it was. And suddenly all the tweets you saw were about feral hogs. Mm-hmm. And I think for most people, they were like, why are we talking about this? And it did take, you know, a few minutes to get back to the story. And then you, you know, start joining in. Um, so it was just one of those funny moments where it was like everybody online, Catholic Twitter, black Twitter, normie mm-hmm. Twitter, knitting mm-hmm. Twitter. Everybody was like tweeting about feral hogs right um yeah now the the i think uh the guy was worried that if you banned took away ar-15s how would he stop the hogs and this is this is more of a comment on the gun itself not a whether we should get rid of it or not but i don't think an ar-15 is powerful enough to stop like a giant hog i think you need i think you need to like basically need like a rocket launcher to stop one of yeah, those I things. Don't, they look pretty large. Yeah. Um based on a picture that uh Daniel Stewart tweeted. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, friend of the show. Um yes, friend of the show. So, right. So uh okay, so that's that's the hog thing. What uh So yeah, I tweeted uh one of my tweets was uh raindrop drop top killing all feral hogs in my lawn. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, you know, it's pretty fun. Um, let's see. What else did I do? Guys literally only want 30 to 50 things, and it's feral hogs. Mm-hmm. All the memes. So if you have no idea what any uh, anything about Twitter, then that whole thing just went over your head. But then most of the show probably goes over your head, and you probably don't care about it. Um, yeah, I think, like, what it was is everyone just – no one wants to talk about, like – it's like everyone just wanted a break from everything. And then all of a sudden it was like, let's all tweet about feral hogs. And just everyone did it, and we had fun, and memories were made. Lives were changed. That's good. We're we're here now. Uh, is there any other news uh, 
any other things before we get into our topic, which kind of, I guess, kind of has to do with the news, but, uh, um, um you know, uh, there is a lot going on, but I think we should take a break from, uh, talking about hard news because we have a cool topic to go into and it'll kind of relate to current events. So, uh, I say we, we will wrap up the news segment right here. What do you okay, say, Matthew? The, the, the new segment is officially wrapped. Um, okay, so so we the past few weeks we've talked about stuff to do with online. We've talked about you know uh, evil trads online or people who might be giving you a hard time. We've talked about the idea of staying offline. Uh, we wanted to kind of continue that thing. Uh, continue you know, talking about that topic and continue along that theme. And with what happened over the weekend with some more shootings and some things to come out about that, uh, we thought we would talk about the idea of online radicalization. Uh, We've actually, we've talked about it kind of, we touched on it here and there when talking about things. Um, But now might be a good time to discuss that in general. Yeah. Uh, And kind of to, to talk about what we're meaning. Um, right. So why don't you, uh, why don't you, you want to start, you, you kind of brought it up as a potential topic. So you want to kick us off? Yeah. I mean, what, what you're seeing with a lot of crimes that are committed or, um, things that happen is people that then have this long backlog of, you know, internet posts or, or things that they've been following. Um, and it almost like, is a you know if you were to follow it backwards you'd see them coming becoming like completely normal in a lot of cases um mm-hmm. a lot of times it's people are like i don't understand how my next door neighbor became you know a white supremacist or right i mean obviously right. isis also does the online radicalization thing but mm-hmm. um yeah but there's a lot of the stuff of like he he was such a normal person we we don't know how this happened yeah right um, and you know, people, there are a lot of questions people have about why this is happening. It's everything from, you know, economic things to loss of privilege to psychiatric meds or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but there is clearly, you know, you don't have a lot of people that were killers that for some reason weren't very online lately. Right. Um, and so that's where, you know, that's where the manifestos are. It all comes out about eight chan. 8chan, uh, one of the websites, I think they're in the process of the founder is like stopping it or something. He just said it's it's become more trouble than it's worth and it's just become a detriment to society. So he's putting an end to it or something like that. I mean, the founder of Reddit died when he was like 26. So mm-hmm. people that make these giant platforms. Um, yeah, I guess I used to think like, wow, I wish I'd invented Facebook and was a billionaire, but... Um, you know, I mean, and I couldn't do that because I'm not a lizard person. But uh, <laughs> right, looking at like, yeah, what their it, lives it, are like after they invent this thing, like clearly the mm-hmm. smartest guy on earth was uh, Tom from MySpace, who just let his platform collapse. Right. Yeah. He and he 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 sold it for a little bit. He sold it for and not a little bit, but a little bit more. Like in terms of what he could have gotten, he sold undersold it. Right. But then he, uh, I mean, it was still a lot of money. But he's out. He just, I mean, Zuckerberg yeah. has to go testify at Congress about why. Trump got elected, you know, and, mm-hmm. and explain why 
you know, a very small dollar amount of ads that were purchased that said, you know, Hillary Clinton invented AIDS, uh, right. You know, changed the outcome of the election. And it's, I mean, he doesn't know he set up a giant platform. It's all algorithms and, you know, an online person that wants to advertise, they go, they make an account, they fill out their things and they blast it. There's not like a human sitting there, you know, looking at it. Yeah. I mean, let's, uh, I agree. Also, let's not underplay the intentionality with a lot of stuff that Facebook does. But I I mean, I know I get what you're saying. Like he he set up the platform and like your crazy aunt or your brother, random people can post whatever they want. So it when I bought ads on Facebook and I'm telling you, like you can more cameo dot com slash Zach Mabry. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Um, You can you can pick your filters and you can pick, you know, by what other things they like or. Absolutely. So, I mean, you could easily find, you know, if people, you know, if they like Fox News, okay, well, then maybe people like Fox News that live in, you know, swing states who are, you know, this age, I'm going to run this ad. And, you know, you just kind of know that. Oh, yeah, it's hyper focused. Yeah. There's a generation out there, I won't name it, that believes everything they read. Um, And (laughs) so you just. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that it's possible that um, I want to say it was like a hundred thousand dollars worth of ads. I don't think it's possible that that actually changed the outcome of the election. Yeah, um, but I mean, and if so, then we've got big problems because um, right, right, right. That's a really small number of dollars uh, mm-hmm. as far as Facebook's total thing and just the total spend on the elections. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's kind of a tangent to just talk about the disastrous lives of people who start things like Facebook and Twitter and Reddit and 8chan apparently. Mm. You ever hear about Gab anymore? No, I think that was a but that that's was still a really bad one, right? Um it was weird when it first started it was Wasn't like, it like the it white was, nationalist thing. Well, so when it for it's actually run by Muslim, but when it first started um it was supposed to be like the non-censored version of Twitter and you know we're going to make our own Twitter and then it quickly yeah became you know breeding stock for that and so yeah, as i right. always do i i go and reserve my name on the platform so that no one else can like impersonate me and then oh know. that's a great one yeah except you know if anybody would freak out about me having a gab but i mean it didn't take off and you know you yeah. know yeah, so you know. um Okay, so we're get, we're wandering away from what we were going to talk about. Well, but, but we are kind of well, painting the true. picture of just the magnitude of information that's online. And you have to understand, mm. like, historically speaking, it's, it's very recent, very new to just be mm-hmm. constantly bombarded with, with information. Right. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's a, it's, yeah, we're, we're, it's overload all the time. Right. You know, if you just look at, you know, people read little pamphlets and, you know, cheap stuff, but there just wasn't, yeah, I mean, you'd kind of go about your day and, like, if, I, I like to think about, do you remember 9-11? You were actually pretty old back then. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I remember 9-11. It was my senior year in high school. Senior year oh, in really? high school. Yeah. That's not cool. I was in the sixth grade. Um, yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. But I do remember in my in like my parents talking about it, they said everybody was like gathered around the TVs at work and just all they were doing was watching the news. Right. Our school thing. Our, our school 
would not let us watch in class. They tried to do they tried to do that one thing where like we're under attack, but we need to just plow on as it's a normal day when clearly it was not a normal day. Well, we did, our school we just all watched it like that was just class mm. to class TV was on, yeah. um, but you know this attachment to to news and getting every breaking update was like you know it was kind of weird on nine eleven but everybody was doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, now people kind of do that every day. Like you have your if you think about your phone and the way your notification settings are or the way your emails or Twitter feed or Facebook feed is set up, like you're basically getting like that much news constantly right does that make sense yeah yeah you you get you can't help but get it like you get you get notifications even when you don't want it right like you're just yeah yeah i get it i get it makes total sense to me right and so i mean that can just show you kind of how recent the constant connection is um mm-hmm. you know a lot of times you'd something would happen and you wouldn't find out till you got home. Mhm. Right, sure. And now something happens and you find out first you get the like quickly rushed you know incorrect story and then you get the real story. But I mean Yeah, we're, but sometimes we're finding out things quicker than the people like in the sports world you can find out an athlete has been traded before that athlete has been tra- like finds out himself, right? Like it's how quick things process now that the if if Baker Mayfield gets traded, he if he's if he's somewhere where he doesn't have cell phone service, everyone else will find out before him. Whereas in the old you know before the internet, you had to or the early days of the internet, most people just saw in the newspaper the next day or on the news that night, right? So it's right. instantaneous. Um, right, and it's it's. I mean, there's even businesses. Um, one of them is an airline that they, uh, you know, pushes information directly to customers when their flights change, and mm. the customers get it before the ticket agents do. Um, oh wow! And it, you know, it's because the customers are all holding a mobile device, and it's all set on that. The you know, the ticket agents are using hardware and machinery, and they're you know, it's not. Um, it, you know, it just happens to be the flow of data that it's not it's not instantaneous to the people that are actually making, you know, transactions, but the people who are flying and stuff are getting it. And, you know, that just has to do with where we're at technologically. I think I've disabled Apple News and other news type notifications on my phone. Right. Yeah. I get, be I, like, I get like almost no notifications now. Yeah, but I feel like I have to keep re-disabling it all. Like, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I'll get another thing, and I'm like, what is this? Like, I've turned this off. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. so, go on. I, was gonna, I mean, it seems like there's things that can happen when, uh, if you reinstall the app or, if thing, you know, if you do certain things, like, it'll you have to go back in and do all that stuff. Or if the app updates, it might just turn everything on. Really, it's like we talked about in... Uh, last episode, I think we, re- their 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 goal in mind is not you; it's to get you to want to use it, right? Well, it's you from the standpoint of they want your eyes. So, any little thing they can do to disable things here or there, well, there's an update, they'll probably take it. Yeah, and I mean, it's I think there is a market for it at this point that people want those instant updates. You know, 
I mean, there mm-hmm. was a time when I was so about that. And then I finally was like, why do I need to know? Like, what, you know, why do I need the New York Times to be able to send me a push notification? Um, right. But, you know, for a while it was like, you know, hey. Um, so, you know, doing this is interesting because you can do it with, you know, I guess what you just called news news, like world events, that kind of stuff. You can do it with sports. You can do it with entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there's all these different spaces for it. And, you know, they're all kind of like, I don't quite think entertainment has gotten to where sports are. When I say entertainment, I mean like your, um, like your Kardashian updates and your, you know, Hollywood type stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you don't get live updates about like that stuff to an extent, the way that you do with, with sports trades and all that stuff. But, you know, it is out there. Um, and it's interesting because it's almost like there's a this idea that, oh, part of being an adult means that you need to pay attention to the news, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, to the exclusion of, like, cheap stuff like Hollywood and sports. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's nothing really wrong with sports. There are problems with Hollywood. Um, but, you know, people don't really end up doing crimes if they spend all their time watching sports, you know? Um, mm-hmm. You know, people may develop really bad personality disorders if they're obsessed with Hollywood or become like a, a stalker. Like who was who was the like famous Hollywood girl who got stalked? Um, but Jodie Foster. Yeah. Are you talking about the Jodie guy Foster. by by the guy who shot Reagan? Yes. Yeah, I think it was Jodie Foster, right? Yeah, I believe so. But uh, so. You know, it's funny, though, because there's this idea that part of being an adult means that you know, you know, what's going on in national and international news. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is some value in that. I mean, obviously, I am somewhat well informed on certain days, Um, (laughs) but it can just start to become where you've almost like injected yourself into the story. You know, it's like Like taking about taking a person taking a personal stake in the story whether you have one or not yeah like you're like going online and you're reading this story gotcha yeah and you know that you know they don't want you to read this or you can't get this news from them or whatever yeah right 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 that now instead of being an observer you've like written yourself into the story um Mm -hmm. kind of reminds me of like i don't know like star trek type stuff where people get so obsessed that they like they're like in it now fan fiction yeah you basically like you're you're entering the news and writing your own fan fiction of the news um right and you also just think that i mean this is where i I call it the info war after the website that hopefully people are going to um Mm -hmm. where you know you think that that you're you know on some mission or fighting some battle that you know, by constantly reading things that just make you outraged or shocked. We, um, we, yeah, we talked about this. Uh, when, when did we talk about this? A couple months ago on that episode where we were talking about how, like, you're, we can get frustrating with certain things in the church, but, like, you're not, it's not up to you to fight the war f- against the Vatican online. Right, like you're at your judgment, you're not going to be asked, you know, if you were a good soldier in the info war, right, uh, against Pope Francis. Right. So it's there's the difference. 
So there's that. I mean, when things happen online that are, or when things happen in the world that are bad, which, you know, happens most every day, we, some of us can only make sense of it for better or worse by like talking about it on the internet. Right. Um, so there's, it's like a fine line between discussing it and then becoming part of the dialogue. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's like, it's like, you find line between like talking about it and making it such a part of you, like in your, in your emotion and your thought process for the day. And I'm not saying not to care, but I don't know, help me bail me out of what I'm trying no, to say. No, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think that, you know, people, it, it just becomes, you know, it becomes all consuming and it, that becomes, you know, the running dialogue they have of their life is not, you know, how to be with their, families and friends and do their job or you know prayer and with god it's just kind of like what's going on in the world what's this happening is you know where was this shooting or you know mm. wh- what are these poll numbers like or how many new immigrants did we get or whatever it is it's like um you know you're just so engaged and right. it it starts to warp your thinking and that that's where you do i mean you just have these people um that eventually like you'll see they'll just set up their own shop, which I know that's kind of funny because we are a podcast. Um, but like the, the sort of info Zach, wars Zach, genre, remember, remember the rules. Everything we say does not apply to us. Okay. So anyway, continue. Just kidding. Um, no, I mean, really though. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the, you're right. They get, so it, I like, what, sorry. It's easy to, uh, kind of, you know, yeah, you you can find a fan base for anything. Well, and like I mean, with with Infowars specifically, I mean, they would tell people to go to events and set up their camera and upload it on YouTube and basically be their own little tiny Infowar, mm-hmm. and you know, against the globalist. Um, <laughs> and I mean, there there was a point. I haven't been on their site in years, but there was a point where like when weird stories would happen, I'd always be like, I wonder what they're saying, how they're explaining this. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, yeah. No, we've I I've gone through that too, where you want like. Sometimes it's so so out there that you can't help but wonder what they're saying about it. And if, sometimes the the opposite is true for me. Like you know, I not so much anymore because I kind of didn't like it. But I I used to I, you know back in maybe ten years ago I was doing it more. But I would you know seek out seek out the other side to get all hot and bothered about something, right? And it it you know you, it kind of it's you're not you're not really seeking out things that affirm your viewpoint but you're seeking out things that affirm that their viewpoint is bad too right so it's all like this whole this whole song and dance right um and then you know it's just you can't you can't live your life you can't um do anything because you're just constantly connected to what's going on externally um but then the interesting thing is a lot of times you'll do that and you won't have any idea what's going on in your day-to-day life like no idea what's going on in your local community Mm -hmm. it's somehow local news just is gone and you know there's all this stuff happening in your town um but you're just like obsessed with you know something happening halfway around the world that ultimately isn't going to affect the trajectory of your life right um unless you never look away from the screen because you're obsessed with it Mm -hmm. so yeah that's kind of what i wanted to go into because I think and rightly so there's a, a, a really strong focus about combating pornography um, but there's not as much discussion about okay the 
the sort of this could be good or fine parts of the internet and technology, um, but it can also be overused to your detriment. Yeah, I mean, the internet is clearly a good thing, and society has benefited from it greatly. I say that without any sarcasm, but like anything, people find a way to be terrible on it. So, yeah, it okay, so continue. Um, Yeah, so I think you can just have your sort of, like, by degree, how this affects people. I mean, some people, I think it just, you know... They do get too much news, but they're still getting things done and doing what they need to do. It just heightens their anxiety and, you know, makes them, you know, a bit more, you know, tense because, you Mm -hmm. know, all the stuff happening in the world. Um, You know, then I think it can get to a level where people, you know, they can't, they just always have um, cable news on in the background. Right. And you really can't convince me that there's, that you can actually parse out how any of the 24 hour news channels are better or worse than the other. It's, it's like the idea of watching news 24 seven is the problem. Yeah. So to, to sit and say, well, this one's better than that one almost undermines the fact that these are, it's just not a, a healthy approach to staying informed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what do you think there's a difference? I mean, there's a difference from, the person next door watching 24-hour news and maybe throwing up a few memes here and there. I mean, there's different levels. Like, what do you, what, what do you think, like, where do you think it comes in where someone is more radicalized than the other person who's doing the same exact thing? Yeah, I mean, I think, it, like I was saying, it's kind of gradual to how much it affects you. So starting from that level, you know, and then you move to the people, they, you know, they can't ever have the TV off. They're always getting their notifications. And, you know, they don't really seem to be able to talk about anything else. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not, you know, it's not, maybe people are getting bored with them, but it isn't damaging their relationships. They're not making life choices, you know, significantly off of these things. Um, and you know, they're still like doing their jobs and living a life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, then I think it can move on to the sort of addicted phase where like, you know, your need for information, like you're not sleeping because you're always reading the next story or the next, you know, link you can find. You're not getting your work done because you're always checking the news and, uh, you know, you have, you know, a hundred different apps sending you notifications. Um, you know, people are starting to get kind of weirded out because you just can't seem to stop talking about, you know, Pizzagate or whatever. Um, and, you know, th- at that point, I would still say it's still kind of more like on the level of sort of an internet addiction. And there, there is more research being done and like actual rehab facilities being built to help people with internet addiction and not, not like pornography addiction and not like gambling addiction, mm-hmm. which just can both be facilitated through the internet, but just straight up, just straight up addiction. Yeah. Pure, pure internet addiction. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you see that with some of the, the uh, Instagram influencers, um, you know, taking a quick like right term with that, like they're not necessarily news heads, but you can see how their um how much of their life goes into uh you know their their Instagram or their you know their influencer materials on YouTube or or whatever. Well, that's a whole other thing. I mean, that's what they're making. That's their that's their job. That calls into like they that's what they 
found a way to make money on right so they it's kind of a it's kind of a necessity at that point if you're going to set yourself up as one of those people you right. need you need to you need to be online all the time and you need to people to be engaged all the time exactly and i think the um the tough thing is that it, it seems to really get to some of them you know like you can look at their earlier stuff and they they just seem like normal people that are maybe just a little bit more stylish than you um mm-hmm. and then you know i mean there's one that's losing her hair and it's really bothering me because i'm just worried about her um, really? And she's like, now she's doing wigs and stuff. Like she's, she's like advertising them. And wait, you know, I'm just for, worried for real. It. Yeah. Interesting. And I've, I've actually seen this person at, um, stuff in Dallas cause she lives here, but, um, Danny Austin. Um, so she, you I mean, there's a lot of reasons that you could lose your hair when you're young, but you know, I'm wondering how much of it is stress or, or, you know, whatever. And right. so, um, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, again, this is still on the level of addiction. Like you may be irresponsible and like be making decisions that are long-term not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not at this point, you know, dangerous to yourself or anyone else. It's really just you're, you're, you're you know, uh, self-sabotaging perhaps. Okay. But, you know, not dangerous. And then there's a certain point where it really becomes sort of a radicalization process. Um, and it, it does seem to be, you know, young, unmarried white men that are most prone to this, or at least the ones mm-hmm. that we hear about, um, mm-hmm. where, you know, it started with something that that, you know, piqued their interest, and then they just kind of kept taking a step further and a step further and a step further um, until it, it got somewhere dangerous. I mean, it, I, I'm not in any way trying to, you know, downplay these horrific acts that these people are doing. I mean, my, my view is at the point that they're dangerous, they're terrorists, and you, you just have to treat them like terrorists. It's not, you know, terrorists, I mean, that you can't sit there and then try to talk them back down at that point. But, mm-hmm. the, you know, there's... I think, you know, you adopt a sort of controversial opinion, you know, and you can see it in certain mainstream figures, but there it is. And then you decide to take it a step further. Well, because at some, some point it becomes, Twitter. at some point it becomes a part of you, right? Like you, right. Like you're not, you, you fall into the trap of, um, you know, take, be, have this, of this idea of becoming, a part of who you are, right? So, like, yes, like, you so find if like I, a tribe online, yeah. Well, even just like if I'm, for you know, for me, if I have a certain political issue that I agree with, if, say I'm, you know, like I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't want to give an example, but like there's there's political issue I b- agree with A, and I I get it, I get like this is it, this is it, this is the way to do it, I this is it, and then someone what happens if someone makes an opposition to that, then I, I, at some point it becomes hard to, you know, wonder if they're opposing the idea or if they're actually opposing you and your entire being, right? That's kind of where it can, these things naturally go. And I mean, we've all gone, I, I would say that very few people have not gone there at one time in their life. Right. 
Um, like especially yeah, around think, election season, like we all we all kind of get uppity. Yeah, I think people will get just too far into like the vortex. Um, you know, I mean, and I the vortex, because, Zach, the vortex. Oh, no, yeah, I wasn't thinking. That. Okay, I actually wasn't trying to make a Michael Voris joke, but we should. Um, so, <laughs> but like having there were a decent number of people I knew that got really into the Infowars thing, um, and you know, I don't want to be insulting to that like I'm, I'm not trying to, but i did notice that they you know they kind of like seek each other out and be like oh you're you're one of us and that's what i'm talking about Absolutely. is the mind shift is when you start to like your sort of chosen internet thing get very into the oh you're one of us because well naturally thi- sorry sorry i keep interrupting no you go naturally what naturally you're going to do that just to confirm your confirm your own worldview right like so it's not that's not at that to me is not a ridiculous thing that's just a natural thing right um but you know it'll be centered around you know kind of fringe issues and you'll you know you'll sort of again you'll you'll gradually go from mainstream sources to you know dark corners of twitter and then it'll bleed onto reddit and then um you know go further than that and you will start to feel this very, okay, those of us that are super constantly engaging with this online, this is our whole thing, whatever it is, like we're sort of in, and then everyone else is everyone else. I mean, um, he talks fast and has a British accent, Zach. How can you blame any of us? <laughs> sure. Okay, so um, <laughs> Continue. So, because uh, then at that point, though, the other thing is, it's like you realize then that, your your stance on the issue or the intensity of your stance is like not socially acceptable right and mm-hmm. so because you're part of the the in group you just make sure that nobody from the out group knows about it because they're you know like the normies mm-hmm. and you know to a certain extent there's a difference between that and then just being you know discreet with your views because you know you don't want work to be a place of controversy the, you know there's a difference between like you know going to your little online tribe but then you know wanting to sort of seem normal around other people um and that's why in the tweet that i did about online advertise or online radicalization i said you know just be cool and normal like <laughs> if you are certain that like your internet activities are not normal to the extent that you and the other people engaged in them are sort of a club and you have to, you know, more or less oh, hide them. Right. I get I get what you're saying. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Right. It's like that's when I think you want to, you know, check in on yourself. Is, think, is okay. this something that I would be okay with the mainstream finding out about me? Right. Okay. And, you know... And again, it's hard to draw a line because I do think that there's beliefs that you can have that you can, that there can be social consequences for that can still be legitimate, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, beliefs about abortion or same-sex marriage or things like that, uh, you know, you could get roasted and then you can get ended for it. Right. But like notice, you know, the pro-life people ultimately operate in, in the light, you know? Um, and that's so a good point. Yeah, there is that the, 
you know, the, the basically getting into the racism stuff, the white supremacy, the white nationalist stuff, um, you know, yes, they're out there, but everybody knows that it's shameful. So you're like, you know, you're not going to see, you'll see people with bumper stickers proclaiming that they're pro-life and they're not, their cars are not, you know, they, they just, it's fine. You're not going to see people with bumper stickers being like, you know, white nationalism forever type thing. Um, <laughs> right. Right. And that's where, you know, it just sort of, you know, it's hard to say how it evolves from just like constantly needing to be fed information mm-hmm. to it starting to like affect your daily affairs, um, to it actually causing you harm to finally being so in to it that it's like you're inside of it looking out. Um, and you, you know, it's now your identity, your tribe, the circle that you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's starting to, you know, very obviously impact your decisions and your actions. Right. And your friendships probably too, right? Like everything, everything can kind of get pulled into that whole arena. Right. Like you kind of start dismissing certain people because they don't know, they don't understand, you know, Mm -hmm. or, you know, you, you're looking for people that are like potential, you know, converts to your online obsession Mm -hmm. um you know like if you're trying to evangelize something from a dark corner of the internet that's probably a bad sign um (laughs) and like you know because i've i've thought about this topic a lot because like how exactly can you define it um you know there are correct and legitimate views that are unpopular that you know you can reasonably want to be quiet about you know there are um online communities can be really cool. You know, there's certain spaces, obviously we love Catholic Twitter, but there's tons of cool online things. And so it's really hard to say, you know, black and white when you've dipped into it being unhealthy. But, um, I I definitely think when it's, when it is a clearly, you know, you and the other people in your online world are in and everybody else is, you know, out um that's i guess a good indicator that you know perhaps uh, something's off what do you right think? yeah like the the one step in the extreme of the difference between just an unpopular opinion and just an unpopular uh, like an unpopular opinion and almost an unspeakable opinion right right okay yeah. And and just also the way that opinion is lived out. I mean, you know, yes, uh, there's very unpopular opinions in the current moment that Catholics have about, you know, all sorts of topics. Right. Um, pretty pretty much everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, birth control could be one. I mean, I, we're pretty open about it, but you know, I can see why you're at, at work you're not wanting to be like, "Hey, you know, yeah. during our 15-minute break, can I talk to you about how women have been lied to to get put on the pill all right right and but like if that's your whole everything is like opposition to birth control and you know all the birth control manufacturers and you know who works for them and you you know you know where those people live and you um you know you know what products they're researching and what their profits were last year and Mm. you know you just like you want to start warning people about it but you don't know if it's the time that's kind of what i'm talking about as being uh perhaps like in a, an analogy to that where sure. it's just 
it's all encompassing and you know you've got yeah we never i again this is, may sound ridiculous but i don't think there we were never like meant to be overly informed on everything like we need to know the moral we need to know the moral good and the morality and the things like that but i'm talking about like the like the the small details of stuff right we don't have to obsess and i don't think we ever meant to obsess over like things like that cuz that's what drive that can what drives us in the like okay the example a, a faith related example is like demonic possession we know it exists we know the idea of demons we know what to stay away from but we're not meant to know every we're not meant to do a deep dive on demonic possession because you could come out the other end nuts right like that's right. in you in in some cases maybe even possessed so like it's things like that like you don't we're with if you're if you're against vatican ii or we okay vatican ii we can know what vatican ii is i'm trying to be very careful here but i'll make my point we know what vatican ii is we know why people oppose it we know why people are for it but if you're someone who opposes it to do like a insane deep dive on these things you can come out like a a a wild man and hopefully you know uh we're gonna i think we're gonna talk vatican too in the next few weeks with one of our uh priest friends from twitter spoiler alert so that'll be real fun but uh anyway yeah it will and you know that's a topic that again it's like if you know what i'm trying you know what i'm trying to say yeah i mean it's Yes, you you just get too wrapped up in it, and you know the two places where I see it happening a lot now are the you know just other than yes. So first we've talked about there is the the white nationalism, the white supremacy online stuff that bleeds into actual actions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also just the hyperbolic, um, just rabid Trump resistance stuff, and. You don't oh, yeah, have to no, like the guy. You can yeah, yeah. you can be, you know, desperately wanting this man to be impeached or no longer president. But if you're just every waking moment is spent thinking about him and how much you hate him, and brain you know, how, man. Brain how bad the world is, it does. It warps your thinking, and you just get too. You see these smart people making these massive logical um, gaps, you know. And I don't. Well, there have been violence, but at the same point. Again, it's still just a lot of those people are just sort of obsessed or addicted mm-hmm. with with the stuff. But then, and then the other one you see is with the Pope Francis resistance sure. people, um, and you know they kind of compete with the Trump resistance people for who can be more, you know, just absurd in thinking that you know the whole world was perfect before this guy showed up, and just the level of every utterance means the world is ending. Um, they again you see very smart people um i won't name names but some people who i've really enjoyed reading for years it's just now it's like i don't like can you talk about anything else like do you mm-hmm. do you ever have a day where you're not thinking how you're going to stick it to bergoglio you know mm-hmm. i just yeah, again like it, it just starts to become obsessed and then you start to see them forming communities and again that one isn't dangerous it's mostly just obnoxious yeah yeah, yeah. let's um, again to re like yeah i glad you said because we need to make sure 
we don't get a lot of people angry <laughs> thinking, no, that no. Gonna, thinking that we're saying they're going to go shoot up places because we're not. No, but. no. What they do is something, I mean, in a, in a way is war, but they, a lot of them end up losing their faith because oh, yeah. it, you know, it becomes so much about that stuff that, you know, the prayer life suffers and, you know, oh, I, mm-hmm. I could say a rosary or, you know, I could read this article about how Pope Francis is destroying the church um, mm. And you know, because it's a time of crisis, ordinarily, right. and and you can you can good, talk currently, right? Love. You can talk yourself into like, and I I need to read it. Like it would be it'd be wrong of me to not read it, right? And this all goes back to the how I was saying be normal is that if you're constantly excusing your day to day behavior on little things because you believe that we are in some kind of extraordinarily trying time I think that's something to just keep an eye on because you know again I am in no way linking Trump resistance or Pope Francis resistance people to this other topic I was just talking about sort of online obsessions that form and start to warp people's thinking way across there when we're talking about you know these people that shoot up communities um, there was a tipping point where they realized that like, they clearly know what they did was bad because that's kind of why they did it. Mm-hmm. Where they realized that because, you know, such I- this idea that they're, you know, confronting is so severe and so extraordinarily wrong, that that now outweighs how wrong it would be to, you know, go engage in these terrible crimes. Right, right, right. Um, and, and that's where, you know, these manifestos... It's think about it. It's like a permission slip. Like this is them basically saying, "Here's why it's okay for me to do something that e- that I know is wrong mm-hmm. in all circumstances, but this is why it's it's okay this one time." Mm-hmm. And that's again, like I, I I don't think that there's even the potential for like millions of people to end up that far down these rabbit holes. Um, but I do think that combating online radicalization is going to be a topic that doesn't go away and something to really uh, just think about. And then just for your own good, like it, put your phone down, go outside, read a book. We had, it know. takes some, it does take like a healthy and important detachment to do that because on like, really, I mean, we've all, especially over the past year with all the stuff in the church, like it gets hard to read about this stuff, but also it gets hard not to read about it right so you want to read about it and if you you on some level if you read a lot then you think you think like it's you're not doing your duty if you don't read it right but it really you have to have some sort of detachment that like these bad things happen and they're bad things and not constantly reading about it does not make it make you complicit or more bad it just sometimes you just have to can't read about it really right. and it, it's it's a bummer because you don't you don't want to be ignorant and you don't want to turn a blind eye but like i mean for the health like you the most important thing is is your faith right and your spiritual life and if you're married if you have kids and the it's the the faith of your spouse and the faith of your children right so if anything whatever if anything is going to affect that then you need to just kill it you need to squash it right so like if you if you're constantly reading things and it's affecting you know if you're 
you know what I'm saying. I don't. We already said right. it. we don't want to rehash. If, it, if it like it's it. if it's holding you back in your role as a parent, then you can be certain that it's not what God wants for you. Sure. Um, or if it's hold, you know, well in your spiritual it, life in general. Right. Um, that can sometimes be harder to pin down. So that's what I was saying. You know, if your vocation, um, if if fulfilling the duties of your state in life and your vocation is clearly suffering, then you can be certain that what you're doing is in opposition to God's will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, if your spiritual life, you know, if your prayer life, um, you know, I think for, for my own self, there was a period of time that I was just very negative about the church. Um, and it was like, you know, I just at that point, it suddenly realized I was like, am I, you know, am I in this to have the relationship that God wants to have me to have with him? You know, mm-hmm. he came down to the came down to earth to give us the church so that so he could be near us. And we could be near him. Am I, is that what this is about? Or is this about, you know, all of these wider issues? Well, and we had, we had to make that conscious decision when starting the podcast, right? I, mm-hmm. I mean, we both, I think we both, I don't know if we both were in a, I won't, obviously weren't, we're in a, like a dangerous or like a despairing place, but I think we were a little more extreme almost two years ago and we started this on some things, right? So we had to make a decision to, kind of come around and talk about things that we may in a way we may not like to talk about it like i i don't want it to make us yeah, sound I mean, like it we started were more as, crazy but that but... was the no i think that was kind of our goal that was one of the the like fruits of starting it is that we wanted to we felt like you know everything that you heard online from people in our same sort of circles and stuff was negative and it was no you can't do this no you can't do that and mm-hmm. you know it was just very toxic and you know it's like okay well if we can find an hour of things to talk about in a week that are you know actually great about the faith and you know make you want to have a spiritual life that'll be really good for us so you know if no one listens at least you know we've, i mean I, you know <laughs> and I, they I remember thinking like well right i you know i remember thinking like okay that's how we're going to do this we're not going to be that and just having to think about it um mm-hmm. has you know helped me um, so anyway, what I found is the cure, and I've recommended this to people, and a few people have have disagreed with me. So you, Matt, you should give me your honest thing. When people get to the point that they're so like burnt on the church, like irony poison, because they've you know stuff they've read online or conversations they've had or all of that, um, and they're you know kind of traditionalist Catholics, I tell them that they need to go find just the worst Novus Ordo Mass in their diocese. Um, and just go in and sit in the back. Don't talk to anyone to be rude and just sit through it and remind yourself that Jesus is, Jesus is at that mass. The creator of the universe is attending that mass. So, and then, you know, pray to him there. Um, and then just kind of realize that, you know, you're still able to go approach the body of Christ, even if it's in horrific circumstances. Um, that's my recommendation is, is really just make yourself fulfill, fulfill your Sunday obligation by going to just, you know, that parish in your diocese. That's probably shaped like a spaceship. And, you know, I mean, obviously if anything actually sacrilegious or invalids happening, right. that's not okay, but just well, your yeah. standard, you know, clown parish. Well, I think my father, Mike Baker will like that because he has said that same thing to me a few times when I've been at my most stressed out about something um, he hasn't said it in a while because I think I've, uh, I'm okay now, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the, that's not bad advice. I would say, 
you know, you don't want, if it's going to make you even crazier, don't do it. But it, the, the point, I, the point overall is a correct and good one that like, it's the, we, we have this thing that's very accessible to us that generations had to walk miles or travel miles that they could, wouldn't be able to go to weekly, let alone daily. Right. But we have such a incredible access to this thing that we should appreciate it you know just appreciate that right i mean if you know if if there's this parish nearby that's like tacky and horrible and it's you know you know essentially an assault to to good taste Mm -hmm. um realize that at one point you know the parish down the street would have been the priest there could have been you know a monophysite or something Mm -hmm. i mean you know it's or you know one day you show up and they're a lutheran so like the Yes, I mean, there's bad things, and, and yes, you know, there's stuff that we've been upfront about wanting to see change, you know, on the ground level for the church, but, uh, you know, I always just think, pull yourself out of the rabbit hole. Like, remind yourself that there's a world outside of, of the rabbit hole, and it, it makes it healthier, and you can continue to have strong interests in, in the topics that you like, um, but in a healthy way. That's what we're all about, a healthy way. Uh, Zach has some essential oils he'd like to sell you to help promote this healthy way of living. Right, and help you to dispel dark psychic forces. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, It. I guess that's the, ma- the main thing overall is like, it. you just got a sense, man, when it's just becoming too much. Like it, it's, don't get such a heightened feeling of self-importance right that's what it comes down to too it's like we're shooting at things above our state and above our role in life so like it's a whole thing that comes into it it's like it's okay to step back and breathe and it's and it's okay like in the in the dialogue sometimes it's okay that the other side is beating you at it like the like you can't the news is a terrible thing and the news channels are terrible things, but they control the dialogue. And what are you, what are you going to do about it right now? Like it, unfortunately it's just the state we're in. Like the best thing, the way you get these things to stop doing it is to stop paying attention. Right. Like that Mm -hmm. ultimately, like if you, if you, you don't hate watch CNN because CNN will get your viewing numbers for it. Right. They don't, they want you to hate watch it. They don't, they, they're, the only thing they're pushing is whatever it take whatever it takes to get you to watch. Well, that's that's half the news now too. If you go and watch Fox or you watch CNN, half the time they're spending time saying how crazy Fox is or CNN is, and they're showing right. clips from the other yeah. news. It's like so you can go watch Fox tonight, and then you can go watch those same clips on CNN tomorrow, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, that's why it's like a two headed monster. Yeah, Zach. If you want to count, no one watches MSNBC. Yeah, but no, if you we to don't. Count it. No, they're the they're the butt of C- of cable news, Zach. They are the one that if I am going to watch cable news, that is actually almost invariably the one that I turn on. Um, but it's just because I know that's not a rabbit hole I could fall down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So anything else to say on this? The only, the um, only podcast I mean, that... The only thing that should radicalize you online is this podcast. You need to be radicals for the good. I don't know. Continue. Yeah. I mean, just be cool and normal. You know? Be normal is going mean, to be the title of this podcast. So, And it, again, like, 
I understand that we're meant to be perfect. We're meant to be much more than normal. So, but, you know, there are a lot of people that have done harm to themselves or others Mm -hmm. in their lives that if they had just been normal and cool, they wouldn't have ended up where they were. And so that's, that's what I'm talking about. Be a saint, um, or be normal, but don't be a killer. Basically. (laughs) Saint of the week. Let's hear it. (laughs) Uh, Saint Cajetan. C A J E T A N. Yeah, Cajetan. Um, he has. He's from Italy, and he has an. His real is non non saint non uh, religious life name. I cannot pronounce it, and I will not even try to. We'll just say Saint Cajetan. Born October first, fourteen eighty, in Venice. Died August 7th, 1547, at the age of 66 in Naples. He was beatified October 8th, 1629, by Pope Urban VIII, canonized April 12th, 1671, by Pope Clement X. His feast day is August 7th, patron of bankers, Unemployed people, workers, gamers, gamblers, document controllers, job seekers, Malta, Albania, Malta. Argentina, Brazil, El Salvador, El Salvador, and Guatemala. Uh, he was born. Uh, when he was born, he was born to persons of the first rank among the nobility of the territory of Vincenza Vincenza his father died when he was just two years of age uh he was they say he was predisposed to piety by his mother who was quiet and retiring by nature he studied law and he received his degree in civil and canon law at the age of 24 uh just like our friend Kyle Helmick don't quote me on that exactly, what, what? but uh, in 1506, he worked as a diplomat for Pope Julius II. Uh, he was ordained a priest in 1516, so at the age of 35 or 36. When Pope Julius II died, uh, St. Cajetan withdrew from the papal court, and he, was, he went back to his home city because his mother died. And then in 1522, he founded a hospital for the incurables there. The incurables, Zach. The incurables. His, uh, I know some of the incurably stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of them, actually. So, um, <laughs> Go on. When he established a hospital, he realized that his interests were much more devoted to spiritual healing than physical healing. And he joined the, a confraternity in Rome called the Oratory of Divine Love, and he de- intended to form a group that would combine the spirit of monasticism with the exercises of the active ministry. So then he was a co-founder of the Theatins, uh, which was canonically erected by Pope Clement Seventh in the year 1524. One of the four companions on this journey was Giovanni Carafa, he was elected the first superior of the order, and he later became Pope Paul the Fourth. So that's pretty cool. Wow! If we hadn't had him, Saint 
Pope St. Paul VI would have been Pope St. Paul V. That is, that is, uh, that's very good. He was, uh, <laughs> he was, uh, St. Cajetan was tortured by the Spanish soldiers of Charles V, who had mutinied in 1527. But after that, the Theatins uh, left and escaped to Venice. He founded a bank to help the poor and offer an alternative to usurers, Zach, which this later became the Banco di Napoli. And uh, his remains are in the church of San Paolo Maggiore in Naples. Outside the church is Piazza San Gietano with a statue of him. Uh, there you go. Oh, hey, he has a... Uh, he has a mission in Arizona. Maybe I should go check that out. Yeah, go check it out. So that's uh, let me know what. Let me know how it goes. That's Saint Cajetan. Saint Cajetan, very nice. All right, Zach. Any final words? Um, no, not this time. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Be normal. And uh, be cool. Be, be normal. Be cool. Be normal. And be a saint. Be safe out there. All right. Talk yes. to you next week. See ya.